This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Saturday, October 10th, 2020. I'm Caleb Brown. Qualified immunity, the court-invented doctrine that protects police from civil liability when they violate the rights of citizens, does take some time to understand. But the characterizations of qualified immunity by law enforcement interest groups reveals they either fundamentally don't understand the doctrine or they're just making bad faith arguments. Cato's Jay Schweiker discusses the many examples of where police groups have presented a false picture of what ending qualified immunity would mean. In our various discussions about qualified immunity, we've gone through the basic facts of what it is and how it functions, um, but I still think it's worth detailing what qualified immunity does and why it exists. Sure. So qualified immunity is a judicial doctrine uh, that shields public officials, uh, including members of law enforcement, from civil liability uh, for their misconduct unless a court determines that that official violated clearly established law. And that phrase, clearly established law, is really the key because it's a very difficult standard to meet, and it requires civil rights plaintiffs usually to identify a prior case already decided with functionally identical facts as their case. And that's almost impossible. I mean, I wouldn't say it's almost impossible, but it is very difficult. I mean, our our research indicates that when qualified immunity is raised uh, in judicial proceedings, it is granted about twice as often as it is denied. And there is some variance in the way that courts grant it. So it's also a bit unpredictable. But yes, it's a very difficult standard to meet. And just to be clear, the kinds of behavior that uh, for which police receive qualified immunity protection can be quite egregious. The kinds of things that if you or I did it, we would go to prison for some time. Indeed, they can even be criminal activity. Um, I mean, I think one of the clearest examples of this is a Ninth Circuit case, Jessup versus City of Fresno, where police who were alleged to have stolen over $200,000 in cash and rare coins uh, during the execution of a search warrant, just for their own personal enrichment, received immunity uh, because just for the simple reason that the Ninth Circuit hadn't addressed that exact question before. So it had nothing to do with whether they were acting in good faith. Obviously, they weren't acting in good faith, but that didn't matter. All that mattered is that exact scenario had yet to be decided in the Ninth Circuit. And when police are granted qualified immunity uh, for these unique facts that may or may not truly be unique, uh, that makes it very difficult for those courts to then establish that we have handled a case like this in the past. Uh, it, it, it's hard to make case law. Yeah, that's right, because courts have the discretion to dismiss cases because the law wasn't clearly established without even deciding the merits question. That's exactly what happened in, in this Ninth Circuit case in Jessup. The court didn't even address the merits question. Um, so the law is still not clearly established on that point. So the exact same misconduct could happen again, and the defendants would still receive immunity. And, and the first thing you said was civil liability. Uh, and that brings us to uh, a, a very lengthy, very worthy uh, blog post that you uh, put up at uh, Cato.org uh, detailing the ways in which uh Law enforcement groups, uh, be they unions or uh, other groups that represent law enforcement, have misrepresented the doctrine of qualified immunity. So uh, walk us through a couple of those. Uh, sure. the, the, I think the most notable one is is one that I think 
the average person would be forgiven for not really understanding the distinction, and that is the idea of criminal versus civil uh, liability uh, and and whether or not qualified immunity uh, protects against those things. Absolutely. Um, and, and just kind of by quickly by way of background, I will say that what I have increasingly found the more that I uh, engage in you know advocacy and discussion about qualified immunity is that almost all of my efforts are devoted simply to correcting misunderstandings. Nearly every single defense of qualified immunity I've ever seen has ranged from misleading to outright false. And it's the most sort of egregious falsehoods that I was documenting in this blog post. And the first one that you mentioned is just bizarre um, because qualified immunity is a civil doctrine. It applies in civil lawsuits. It has nothing to do with criminal law. If you were to Google qualified immunity, probably the first hit you get would be, you know, like a Wikipedia page. And the first sentence would say it's a civil doctrine. It's not a mystery. There's no debate about it. And yet the National Association of Police Organizations, which is sort of an umbrella police association group that represents over a thousand different police units and over 241,000 individual officers. So a major organization submitted a letter to Congress in this, their official letter opposing the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act, which would have eliminated qualified immunity for law enforcement officials. And they repeatedly say that with this change to qualified immunity, an officer can go to prison. And they say it would be making criminals out of decent cops, which is just false. This is nothing to do with criminal liability. Uh, the, the letter was written and signed by uh, William Johnson, who is a former prosecutor who I, I can't imagine doesn't know this. And yet he also was quoted in a Washington Times article saying that officers can still go to prison if, if the, this legislation were changed. So I honestly don't know whether this is a blatant deception or shocking ignorance. But either way, it's astounding that such a major police organization on an issue of national importance would just fundamentally misrepresent the very nature of the doctrine that we're talking about. So even I, frankly, was surprised when I saw that one. It's one of the most outlandish falsehoods about qualified immunity I've seen. So uh, what are some other ways that police organizations have either misunderstood or deceptively presented the concept of qualified immunity? Sure. So I think the other major set of misrepresentations relate to the idea of when does qualified immunity actually apply? Who does it protect? And this is very important to understand that qualified immunity only kicks in. It only matters when a public official, or in this case, a member of law enforcement, has actually violated someone's constitutional rights. Because if they haven't violated anyone's rights, well, they, they obviously don't need qualified immunity because they haven't broken the law in the first place. So the doctrine does work in that space between where your rights have been violated, but a court decides that right wasn't clearly established. That is the zone where qualified immunity applies. And yet, so many police organizations say essentially that qualified immunity only protects officers who act lawfully. Um, so, you know, to, you know, for the Indiana State Police Association uh, put out a statement saying qualified immunity serves to protect all police officers legitimately performing their duties. Well, that's obviously not true, because if officers are legitimately performing their duties, i.e., you know, not violating people's rights, then by definition, they don't need qualified immunity. Um, Jeffrey Rosen, the deputy attorney general of the United States, wrote an op ed saying that 
Uh, qualified immunity protects officials from being personally subjected to civil lawsuits when they have, quote, acted lawfully. That's just not true. And it's not only not true, but it's, in essence, the opposite of what qualified immunity is. The entire point of the doctrine is that it protects officials who have violated people's constitutional rights, but where a court determines those rights weren't uh, clearly established. So, you know, th these are not simple factual mistakes. They're sort of inversions about the very point of this doctrine. Um, and then, you know, one other example that is notable is, uh, I would say, the Boston Police Patrolmen's Association put out a statement saying qualified immunity does not protect bad cops. In fact, it only protects police officers who act reasonably and within the rules and regulations of their respective departments. Well, that's complete fiction. The mere fact that you were um, following rules or regulations isn't determinative of qualified immunity. And in fact, courts routinely grant immunity even to officers who violate department rules and regulations. Um, the best example of this is a Sixth Circuit case called uh, Leiditz versus Phillips, where the Sixth Circuit granted immunity to an officer who ran a suspect off the road with his car, ran up to the driver's window, and shot him three times, killing him. And the court first held that, yes, this officer did violate uh, this suspect's Fourth Amendment rights. And they specifically noted that, quote, Officer Phillips repeatedly violated police procedures in both ramming Leiditz and running up to his car. But after making that point, the court then said, nevertheless, we're going to grant immunity because prior cases, quote, did not involve many of the key facts in this case. So this officer was violating rules and regulations, and yet he received immunity simply because the facts of this case were slightly different from the facts of prior cases. So again, this, this idea that it somehow is limited only to reasonable officers acting according to rules and regulations of their department is an outright falsehood that has no support in the actual case law. Where have we seen cases where there was a criminal prosecution of a police officer and qualified immunity still applied? I'm not sure if I have a problem. I had examples of that exact scenario. I will say that I, 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 uh, because I recently testified before the Oklahoma legislature on potential qualified immunity reform, uh, and one of the key incidents in that state is uh, the shooting of Terrence Crutcher, uh, who was shot by a Tulsa police officer uh, uh, while Mr. Crutcher was pulled over during a traffic stop, and he had his hands in the air and was walking away from this officer, uh, and she still shot him and killed him. Uh, and she was criminally prosecuted for, I believe, manslaughter, uh, but she was acquitted. Uh, the family civil rights suit against that officer is still ongoing, uh, and it has been dragged out for several years because of qualified immunity. Um, the court has basically refused to let discovery proceed at all until all of the qual qualified immunity motions have been resolved. So that hasn't happened yet. It's possible they'll be able to overcome qualified immunity, but I think it indicates you know, how powerful that doctrine is in barring civil rights suits from proceeding. As you mentioned earlier, it's not clear to me which is worse, uh, the fact that a lot of these arguments are uh, either bad faith arguments or products of genuine ignorance of the doctrine. So at the very least, it shows that uh, getting the, the public uh, attention and understanding on the issue and getting lawmakers to uh, understand this issue properly is a considerably long road. It is. And, you know, to be honest, I, I had some hesitation about writing this post the way I did because, you know, I want 
I think it's both correct, but also, you know, strategically important to avoid framing this issue as a kind of pro-cop, anti-cop issue. We've argued repeatedly that by holding police officers to a far lower standard of accountability than ordinary members of the public, qualified immunity actually does a tremendous disservice to the law enforcement community because it basically brings into disrepute the entire profession when members of the public see that even these instances of egregious misconduct go unaddressed. And for that reason, there are many members of law enforcement and several key law enforcement organizations that have called for the elimination of qualified immunity. Um, you know, that's the Law Enforcement Action Partnership, as well as the National Organization of Black Law Enforcement Executives. So I'm not saying that all police are misrepresenting this, and some police, you know, are on our side about this. But unfortunately, I do continually see organizations that are what I consider part of the law enforcement lobby, basically police unions and FOP type organizations that continually misrepresent qualified immunity. And I think policymakers just need to know, you know, one, they need to be aware of, you know, the truth on these particular points. But more generally, they need to be skeptical of these sources. I'm sorry to say, like the law enforcement lobby is not a reliable source of information on this, given how frequently they either provide misleading information or outright false information. Jay Schweikert is a policy analyst at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast anywhere you please and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.